A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Why is the Biden administration reopening a temporary facility for migrant children in Texas? Well, um, first, uh, the policy of this administration, as you all know, but just for others, is not to expel unaccompanied children who arrive at the border. This is not kids being kept in cages. This is this is kids. This is a facility that was opened. I believe that kids are resilient and kids will recover, but we as adults have to meet their needs, their emotional needs, their social needs, their learning needs. That is the head of the teachers union, (laughs) just in case you didn't know, the national head of one of the two big monolithic Mm -hmm. teachers unions saying that we have to meet the needs of the children. Okay. So there are things, even if you're vaccinated, that you're not going to be able to do in society. For example, indoor dining, theaters, Places where people congregate. I, I'm over Dr. Fauci. I think we need to have more people giving more opinions. And I, I, honestly, quite frankly, I think the Biden administration should should remove him and put someone else in place that maybe does understand science. Here, here, woman of the week, Megan McCain is right on. Sayonara, Fauci. This guy's just got to go. Enough, enough, enough. By the way, Megan McCain, Alice, was lucky enough to share a 10-minute conversation uh, with your husband. Wow. In person. In Manhattan, New York. Wow. What is a, she fangirling? Uh, I've sensed an energy there that was inappropriate, mm-hmm. considering wow. I had a wedding ring. Wow. Um, so I, I, I really am reticent to ever play Fauci and again. It's so he's just such a dan- he's a sound of the fax machine. You know, it's just <laughs> this droning, freaking empty pit of despair that uh, that he sings this. Uh, the sad siren song for every day, day in and day out, because he loves TV. He's addicted to TV. That's what he does. He's just on TV a lot. The left, because still somehow symbolically Fauci is a proxy in their war against Trump, somehow people find themselves, don't you dare say that about him. Don't you understand what he's done? It's You know, some people need to learn science. They say some people need to learn science. These idiots saying things like that, throwing around science, have not... 
the thing is, they're in love with Fauci, having never listened to a damn thing he said. Mm-hmm. He's just got this aura of being paternal and right. a nurturer, and he says sciencey stuff, like particulates and nasal flaringes or whatever he says. And um, this guy is a moron. I don't care. I understand that he is trained in something and he's got a skill. That's fine. But he has his. He is really a talking head. Mm-hmm. And as a mouthpiece now, he has not only been corrupted, sometimes by himself, mm-hmm. most recently by the teachers' unions, but he is his instincts are always wrong. He's right. always wrong about most things. It's remarkable. Yeah. For a guy whose main job seems to be PR, he's really bad at PR. Yes. And then, but but the the problem is, is that he, his job shouldn't be to do for doing PR for Team Biden. He shouldn't be working for Jen Psaki, but he is. He works for Jen Psaki, mm-hmm. and Jen Psaki works for the teachers unions. And that's where it is right now. It is remarkable. So this is Fauci. Uh, this is Fauci uh, uh, t- telling you that no matter what, if you're getting a little excited about the vaccines, and in, we're seeing from Israel that these vaccines have an efficacy that couldn't be better. That mm-hmm. the if you're seeing this, Fauci is saying, "Whoa, calm down, don't get excited. This is not going. No, no, no." This is not fully liberated. We are still at an unacceptably high baseline level with the seven day average being quite high. So there are things, even if you're vaccinated, that you're not going to be able to do in society. For example, indoor dining, theaters, places where people congregate. That's because of the safety of society. F you. (laughs) F you. Things you're still not going to be able to do. Can you imagine who the hell is this guy, this fraud, this flim flam man to tell people, no, even if you get vaccinated, even whenever we're vaccinated for everything else, we're allowed to do everything else. But now, no, even if you get vaccinated, mm-hmm. no, indoor dining is going to be a no, no, because oh, well, he's going to tell us why, because which makes me just think angry, <laughs> semi-violent thoughts about him. You yourself, what you can do when you are together with another person, we are looking at that. And we're going to try and find out very quickly what recommendations could be made about what people can do. One of the things that's universal here that we know that at this point in time, it is unclear whether when you get vaccinated and you might be protected from clinical disease, which is the primary endpoint of the vaccine. Last year at this time, he was telling people to go on cruises still, still. Yes, of course you can go on cruises. Of course. No, don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. We're going to get through this. We're going to flatten a little curve Just here. Just get your flu shot. This is not, you know, the flu is more deadly than COVID. It's fine. Nothing to see here. Studies that you could conceivably be infected, have virus in your nasal pharynx. and have- F nasal pharynxes, okay? <laughs> we don't need to be knowing that word ever, ever. If it is a word. <laughs> And I don't believe it is. It sounds like Pharaoh and Sphinx to me. And I don't, I'm not um, kneeling at the altar of either of those or your buddy Fauci, Alice. I am done. Nasal pharynx. There's a chance that between shots, somewhere in your nose, somewhere there could be a bit of the virus that could somehow, if you sneeze and cough at the same time, get extra projectile power and make its way across somebody you're dining with. And we just can't risk that because that person is 
overwhelmingly likely to survive if they feel anything, if they get the virus at all. Well, right. This, There's a 90% efficacy against transmission, according to two new studies that are This out. guy needs to pack his bleep up and get out of the building. At that same time, have no symptoms, which is the reason why we recommend and say you still need to wear a mask. Because if you do have virus in your nasopharynx, even though we hope that when the data comes in, it's going to show that the very virus level is quite low and you're not transmitting it. We don't know that now. Yeah, this show is over. This show is over. Yeah. We are done with all of this. Fauci's time of being on TV is drawing to a close. Right. You know? Now he's giving us reasons. He's leaving little breadcrumbs, little Easter eggs for later. Mm-hmm. The reasons why we're going to need Fauci at the mm-hmm. end of summer. And we're going to need him later this year. And then we're going to need him again more. Because yeah. you're going to need more restrictions. And you're going to need more suggestions. And now... He's got extra life. Now, you don't think that he's going to be getting consulting fees from the teachers unions after this? Big dollar items to write official recommendations for what needs to be had, for how much more money schools need. Half of these clowns in the lab coats are going to be working as consultants for the teachers unions. Every union, as a matter of fact. Like our future Surgeon General, too. Right. No, this this is craziness. This guy sucks. Megan McCain had it right. Uh, really quickly, I just wanted to show a clip of Dana Bash talking to Dr. Fauci this weekend. My parents have already gotten their second dose. They're fully vaccinated. Does that mean it's okay for them to spend time with their grandchildren who obviously have not been vaccinated? What's your recommendation? You know, I, I'm not going to make a recommendation now except to say that these are things that we really do. I mean, literally every day, Dana. We look at that. We look at the data. We look at what's evolving about how many people are getting vaccinated. And there will be recommendations coming out. I don't want to be making a recommendation now on public TV. We want to sit down with the team, take a look at that. So I was very frustrated when I saw this clip. I I first and foremost want to say that I I respect the great tragedy and all the pain that has come of our handling of the coronavirus. And there are 500,000 Americans that don't have family members. And it's horrific and very sad. And the grief that our country is going through should not be downplayed. That being said, we are Next week, it will be a year since we left studio. And I have been very responsible in many different ways, as so many Americans have been. And the fact that Dr. Fauci is going on CNN and he he can't tell me that if I get the vaccine, if I'll be able to have dinner with my family or dinner with, I mean, I don't have any grandparents left, but, you know, older people, if I can go to to dinner at at friends' houses who are older, it's, it's terribly inconsistent messaging and it continues to be inconsistent messaging. In Israel, in Tel Aviv, one of the messages that they have, I saw a sign that said, get a shot, take a shot. Meaning if I get the vaccine, then I can go out and I can have shots with my friends. Is the science in Israel different than the science here in the United States of America? Because Israel has over half of their country vaccinated already and seem to be doing pretty well. The idea that I can get vaccinated and I won't be able to see friends and nothing in life changes and that we're going to have to wear masks forever. I, I, I don't understand the downplaying of getting the vaccine because right now we should be wanting as many Americans as possible to get a vaccine. The fact that I, Megan McCain, co host of The View. Uh, do, I don't know when or how I will be able to get a vaccine because the rollout for my age range and, and my health is is so nebulous. I have no idea when and how I can get it. I want to get it. If you- She's catch, catching a little grief for that little Yeah, for that, right like, there. I, Megan McCain. 
Not sure that's how she meant it. I don't think she meant it that way, clearly. Call me at 3 o'clock in the morning. I will go any place at any time to get it. I want to be responsible and obviously wait my turn. But this rollout has been a disaster. And I understand, obviously, President Trump can take much of the blame. But now we're in the Biden administration. I, for one, would like something to look forward to and to hope for. Because if getting the vaccine means that just nothing changes and we have to wait another few years till everyone gets it, it, it I, there's already a lot of people not getting it. We're already have a pro, having a messaging problem getting people to take this vaccine. So I, I'm over Dr. Fauci. I think we need to have more people giving yeah, more here. opinions. And I, I honestly, quite frankly, I think the Biden administration should should remove him and put someone else in place that maybe does understand science or can talk to other countries about how we can be more like these places that are doing this successfully. Mm-hmm. Those are great comments by Megan McCain. Yeah, brilliant. Very good comments. She cites the Israel exhibit, uh, example, mm-hmm. saying that if it, if this works for Israel, where you get your shot and then you can go take a shot with friends in an, an enclosed place, <clears throat> that right. there's, it's good enough for them, that their numbers are going great over there. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> she talks about the, the fact that Fauci's been so rigid and that he doesn't see that he's drifted away from what is considered mm-hmm. a hard science from the right. very CDC um and the the director of the cdc and she lays out some excellent points and she's right the guy should be whacked out of his job yeah especially but- since he's going around <laughs> saying that oh 500,000 dead we did the worst of any country in the world well who was running the response dr fauci like, right that's a great point who was that's there a great point. so so now listen to what people goldberg after everything megan mccain just said mm-hmm. somehow in the big leaderboard <laughs> If you let Fauci get hit somehow, that means Trump somehow wins. So she's got to put it all out there for Fauci. Mm -hmm. Well, in part, I'll just say this little thing about Israel. Israel uh, had a completely different rollout, and it it works. It's also a smaller country, and they didn't have a lot of issues with people not wearing their masks. This country didn't have a lot of issues with people not wearing masks. Most people wear masks here and in Israel. It's just the problem is, is she, that the masks don't really do that much. That's so the really, so 500,000 people died because of no masks. Because that's remarkable. Not those are cases wore masks. Where, uh-huh. Those are cases where we people mm-hmm. were affected by people who didn't wear masks. Because the, Trump told people not to wear masks when Dr. Is, Fauci since day one has been saying 100% people That is remarkable because a lot masks. of mask wearers died. I would think that most of those 500,000 people were mask wearers who died. Mm-hmm. This is, the, I mean, that is just a canard. If you want to say that this is, there's a direct correlation between non-masks right. and the, and also these spikes that came out of nowhere did not correlate directly with the spreading events that we were told that were going right. to cause these spikes. This is absolute horse bleep. So, yeah, you probably could get your shot, but you're going to go outside and be surrounded by people who have not gotten their shot, and they don't know yet whether how protected you're going to be. This is all stuff that... Yes, they do know. Yeah, they, they do, do know. Everybody in Israel is protected after getting their shot. It yeah. doesn't matter. Somebody could hurl coronavirus on you afterwards. Yeah, and, and even, though, even though it's only only which is amazing for a vaccine, 95% effective against uh, getting sick. It's, so far as we can tell, 100% effective against dying from COVID. Even the Johnson Johnson vaccine, which is only like 60-something percent effective against getting sick, is still literally no one in the trials who got COVID died of COVID who had had uh, the full course of the vaccine. So this is really, really effective against serious illness and death, even it the is, worst vaccines. Isn't are. it interesting? Is it allowed, you're, too, you're allowed to mm-hmm. speculate baselessly 
about the coronavirus, like Whoopi's doing, as long as you're on that side of it. Yeah. You could do that all day. If you're on the other side of it, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. Then you're going to have a problem. I think she says also, but Israel's a lot smaller than we are. Well, right. We know Israel's a lot smaller than we, that, than we are. But if you, if Israel, if you have a lot of people who get sick, then there's a bigger percentage of the population. Also, it's about 10 feet long, Israel. It's a tiny little country. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it doesn't, in, they've got bigger challenges that we have in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. Yeah. And so then, um, this happened yesterday, this stuff on The View, and then she's been... I didn't, like, think that much of it, honestly, especially since Tom was against playing any Fauci audio yesterday. But, um, you know, then she was taking so much heat on Twitter for it. Vin Gupta, from he's from oh, CNN, right? We played him. He's a yeah. punk. He's a guy who said, uh, you can't be totally liberated. He said, You're the rejection totally- of real, genuine expertise is what led us to today. So misguided to see people like Meghan McCain calling for the replacement of Dr. Fauci. He's should- a madman, that guy. And he <laughs> He has been saying now for months, long before we had the vaccine, that afterwards you still can't go out, you still right. can't do it. So he's believed this forever. He is a mm-hmm. madman. We'll know when the science makes sense, or we could have him just say, yeah, and then we'll get him on the other side when he's wrong. I don't know well, what is best, but I do but, know that but, no, I just... I, I, I know I, what I'm saying is controversial. I really do. You got to do... I understand. It, it has I'm nothing not to do with you being... And say something different. We'll be right back when we come back. There goes that. Yeah. So then Meghan McCain tweeted um, this morning saying um, about the Vin Gupta thing. She said, he told me not Vin Gupta, but Fauci told me not to wear a mask and that masks don't work when I was three months pregnant in the middle of Manhattan. He then later admitted it was an intentional lie so we would give masks to essential workers. Now I'm being told to wear two masks, but yes, I'm misguided. Right, here's Vin Gupta, by the way. Just because you get vaccinated with that second dose does not mean you should be participating in things like traveling in the middle of an out-of-control pandemic or that you're liberated from masks. Mm-hmm. Everything still applies until all of us get the two-dose regimen. And we don't think that's going to happen until June, July. Right. And so that he's that's now been proven faulty as well. Mm-hmm. For a lot of people, a one-dose regimen is doing just fine, as a matter right. of fact. So these guys are madmen. And a lot of my doctors, that there's a good education that we've had in the last uh, year. We can learn a lot of things. Maybe messaging from Trump, thinking on the fly about a pandemic mm-hmm. in front of people isn't a good idea. Yeah. And also, a lot of doctors are madmen, including that guy. And some of them are incompetent. Doctors aren't aren't immune from being incompetent. Everybody can be incompetent. Mm-hmm. By the way, uh, Al, it's just a little aside here. There's been great concern since I blew my stack on the show last <laughs> evening. <laughs> Um, well, yeah, because we left I it am, in on the YouTube. Um, yes, it does. It, it's there. You can hear that uh, the tirade in the YouTube. But it is. Um, uh, I am recording today. Mm-hmm. Although today would have been a. We would have been at DefCon One today. I think if. Uh, if for, you hadn't hit record for other reasons, uh, <laughs> yeah. If I hadn't hit re- record, but um, but uh, yes, and I worry about this too. Is that generally when I'm blowing my stack, it's about something that happens that's not a person oh, except it's definitely a dogs the dogs yes the dogs one in particular i have a <laughs> iffy relationship with um but um and i always wonder sometimes if our neighbors considering it's usually when we're going when i'm letting them out that one of the dogs does something very bad mm-hmm. constantly if our neighbors think i'm yelling at a kid Including since actually one of the dogs is named Dave too, so that's like not a dog name. 
So either I have to fix my temper, Alice, mm-hmm. or the world needs to change and get better and stop harassing mm-hmm. me. So I've decided to put the world on notice that it better stop harassing me immediately. <laughs> I better get an inner signal to turn on the volume and uh, record. <laughs> and okay. uh, I expect uh, God, and you're friends with God because you go to church and you're a very religious person. Will you please let him know that I expect <laughs> I expect all of these uh, hassles to end at once. How about, um, remember I taught you in the beginning of Psalm 3 to say when you're mad? Uh, no. Was it an apology from the deities to me? No, it was. Oh, Lord, why do those who afflict me multiply? Many are those who rise up against me. Oh, I like that. So it is somebody else's fault. Correct. All right. No, you're, you're, it's, the Psalms are like an outpouring in a lot of cases of, um, like frustration and grief and like putting it forward to God and saying like, there's so many things against me, God. Like, how come all this stuff is afflicting me? Well, and what is God's resolution to this situation, to these ongoing situations? But you should try praying it and then maybe you'll find out. I'm asking you to do that. (laughs) Use some of your credits, Alice, to get me off the hook on some of this stuff. All right. So if you've been on social media today, the image of the day have been these really, shipping containers. Well, yes, these <laughs> ten foot by ten foot cinder block containers with bars on them that don't look palatial uh, and seem to be to me seem to be some place where somebody would be incarcerated in a solitary manner. That's what it seems to me. As it turns out, these are images that have just come out from along the border. That these are the new, um, yeah. How does Washington Post put it here? Soft and comfy. Soft and comfy. Oh yeah, Washington Post calls them uh, the first migrant facility for children opens under Biden. You know, you. I'm glad you put it that way. Let's just go by the Washington Post two uh, Washington Post article and the New York Times. uh, No, two Washington Post uh, articles from today. One. No, Biden's new border move isn't like Trump's kids in cages. The second one is Biden isn't putting kids in cages like Trump. As the Washington Post desperately tries to do uh, public relations for the Biden administration. And this is too good. This is too good. And we knew this. We called this in the very first podcast that I was doing back in Mm -hmm. wherever it was. We said that kids in cages were coming back if Biden wins. Well, of cages course. are coming back if any president wins. Because there's kids showing up at the border and no one's with them. Exactly. So we have to, they have to live somewhere while we figure out what to do with them. There's right. just no other solution to that problem. You have to put them up in some sort of facility of some kind. And the liberals, you know, wanted to call it a cage when Trump was president and wanted to call it, you know. In all the photo ops of crying down by the border and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll look on Facebook to see if all those good people who... Z- zeroed in on me in 2018 and said, I hope you can do some self-reflection Don't look now. away. My kid was literally shaking at this, came down crying. Why would they put, are they going to put me in a cage, mommy? Jesus. Why is the Biden administration reopening a temporary facility for migrant children in Texas? Well, um, 
First, uh, the policy of this administration, as you well know, but just for others, is not to expel unaccompanied children who arrive at the border. Uh, and the process, how it works, is that uh, Customs and Border... Oh, there's a policy. You mean there's context for all this stuff? Yeah. Control, uh, con- uh, continue to transfer unaccompanied children to the HHS Office of Refugee Resettlement. That can take a couple of days. I just want to give this context because so people need to understand the process. Oh, context is a nice thing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Before you compare us to the people who did the identical thing, okay, let me give you some background so you can fill up your news com- co- content holes mm-hmm. with that. But because of COVID-19 protocols, uh, the like social distancing requirements, the capacity to existing Office of Refugee Resettlement Shelters has been significantly reduced because, of course, you can't have a child in every bed. Um, there needs to be spacing, and we abide by those spacing to protect the kids um, who are um, living in those facilities for a short period of time. Families being separated. Mm-hmm. But you know, you know what, little Billy? No, don't worry about it. It's not that you're alone in this cinder block hut. It's that these are <laughs> With protocols. With bars on the window. COVID protocols. Nighty night. And to ensure the health and safety of these kids, HHS took steps to open an emergency facility to add capacity where these children can be provided the care they need while they are safely. An emergency facility. <laughs> No, they are not kitchen cages. So that's fine. It's an emergency facility with bars and a lock on the outside. Before they are safely placed with families and sponsors. So it's a temporary reopening during COVID-19. Our intention is very much... A temporary reopening. Isn't that interesting? During mm-hmm. COVID-19. And why would those um, facilities be filling up with kids right now? I, I wonder. Know, I can't think of I wonder. Is anybody reason. culpable? Is there more context for that? Is there anybody culpable for suggesting that there's going to be a mm-hmm. um, a um, what's that called? When it'd be a huge amnesty mm-hmm. to close it, but we want to ensure that we can follow COVID COVID protocols uh, as we uh, as we, as unaccompanied minors come into. Well, the kids, United. we all know that kids are dying from COVID more than anybody else. So that's it. And mm-hmm. so and, and remember. They, it's now our problem because right. you're letting you're not letting the families adjudicate this stuff in Mexico anymore. Mm-hmm. They're coming into the United States. You're not kicking them out because you're really because you're so uh, humane and you care so much about the kids is why they have to be in your jails now. So there you go. And but you know the difference is Trump actually was hard on immigration and that was that and told people don't come here. And they got the message and understood not to come here. Unlike when the Biden administration says, don't come here, wink, wink. We're passing amnesty. There have been horrifying scenes at the border of kids being kept in cages. And Kamala Harris said, uh, basically. Ducey is, uh, he is, (laughs) he is bleep eating. There's no doubt about that. I mean, these are absolutely legitimate, legitimate questions, Mm -hmm. considering everybody in this administration, who's essentially most of the Obama administration has been on record completely criticizing Trump for inhumane uh, behavior. Um, so this is bleep, bleep eating to say under Trump there are horrific images. You know, forcing the name Trump into the question, mm-hmm. that is uh, that is a part of the dark arts, but I enjoy it. Babies in cages is a human rights abuse being committed by the United States government. So how is this any different than that? We very much feel that way. Uh, and so the, these are facilities. Let me, be, let me be clear here. One, there's a pandemic going on. 
Oh, well, <laughs> nothing compliments a deadly, um, crippling pandemic for a little kid, which has already scrambled his life uh, like being incarcerated. There's nothing that mm-hmm. more buffering to his uh, little feelings. I'm sure you're not suggesting that we have children right next to each other uh, in ways that are not COVID safe, are you? I'm suggesting that. That is, that is a very, <laughs> that was that was quintessential Obama administration wise-assery. Yeah. Putting the question back on the reporters. Yeah. Obama used to do it himself. Uh, all mm-hmm. of his press aides, press people used to do it as well. You know, what is your plan? What do you think we should do? Oh, let me ask you. You know so much. What do you think? But it's, this is too, too good. Kamala Harris said that this facility, putting people in this facility, was a human rights abuse committed by the United States government. And Joe Biden said... Under Trump, there have been horrifying scenes of border uh, at the border of kids being kept in cages. Now it's not under Trump; it's under Biden. This is not kids being kept in cages. No, this is this is kids. This is a facility that was opened that's going to follow the same standards as other HHS facilities. It is not a replication, certainly. Not. I love the idea of the sound of the cell door closing and resonating through the mm-hmm. cavernous halls. And uh, telling them it's okay. No, this is a facility. It's a facility. It meets the same standard as all of our HHS facilities, in which we had numerous accusations under the Obama administration of abuses and problems, and got called out by the UN for uh, human rights abuses under the Obama administration. And then um, AFP completely pulled the article off their website once they realized that it was about the Obama years and not about you know the Trump I'd human rights about abuses. That. So yeah, but I mean, and even remember like. She's like, these aren't cages. These are facilities, just like all the other HHS facilities. Oh, so what were the ones under Trump then? The ones that he was, or- the Trump administration was ordering Wayfair furniture for. Doesn't exactly sound like a concentration camp. And by the way, the Trump ones were the Obama Biden facilities. Right. So wait a second. And so Trump was Obama ordering has them- facilities. Trump has cages. Biden has facilities, but it's all the same building. <laughs> yeah, they just change their name depending on w- what administration is in office. Not the that's. That is never our intention of replicating the immigration policies of the past administration. But we are in a circumstance where we are not going to expel unaccompanied minors at the border. Ah, circumstances. Isn't that interesting? It turns out there's a circumstance where kids are showing up at the border and we don't know whose kids they are and the people they're with don't seem like the parents. Who knew that? That's such a weird circumstance. It's so strange. They keep talking about Joe Biden amnesty and dreamers and I don't know where they get this vernacular. Yeah, because we've told them, we've told them this is not a good time for us. I do love this. Every year of the Obama administration, one or two news agencies would do, um, Obama wanted equal pay for women, and they would do an audit mm-hmm. and find out that the White House, the West Wing, was underpaying women uh, right. significantly, paying women lower wages than the men significantly. And there were always, every year, every single year, the response back to the reporter was there were circumstances that arose that in this case made certain necessities at this time have to be uh, mm-hmm. tweaked and in, for, to, in order to, in a... In a uh, you know, full-throated way, uh, you know, rise to the challenges that this administration is handling right now. And so personnel issues are something we're working on. There were always circumstances. Oh, yeah. Always circumstances. 
That would be inhumane. That is not what we are going to do here as an administration. We need to find places that are safe under COVID protocols for kids to be, where they can have access to education, health and mental services, consistent with their best interests. Our goal is for them to then uh, be transferred to families or sponsors. So this is our effort to ensure that kids are treated or not in close proximity and that we are abiding by the health and safety standards that uh, the government has been set out. Yeah, that is uh, a dishonest answer about a topic that mm-hmm. was used to fillet Donald Trump. And um, I'm sorry, I'm going to enjoy every minute of it. I think it's mm-hmm. too good. It's 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 wonderful. It's absolutely certainly hypocrisy. But and at the same time, it just goes. It, it's wonderful to see these West Wing, the TV show, attitudinal people having to turn themselves, twist themselves in circles like mm-hmm. this. It's wonderful to see. I don't... I mean, it, this, the immigration situation is going to get worse. Yeah, it already has gotten worse, clearly, because um, COVID didn't start after Joe Biden took office. So I assume the HHS had COVID protocols in place before uh, the end of the Trump administration. So the fact that they've had to open new facilities now, I understand that they probably have reduced capacity from what they normally would have, but clearly they have uh, more unaccompanied minors at the border than they did during the Trump administration if they're having to open new facilities because the the COVID protocols were there. But, I mean, clearly people took the message from Trump that there was not, you know, a free pass to get into the United States. And people took the message from the way that Democrats framed the Trump immigration policy and the way that they framed the Biden immigration policy that, um, you know, the the assumption was that Biden would be friendlier to immigration and would be kinder to them. So it's really I mean, like, if that's really not true, then the Biden campaign shouldn't have messaged that way over the last two years and and led people to believe that there was a chance of this. I mean, this is the same thing that we saw happen with Obama in 2014 when um, it looked like he was going to make a big push for amnesty and the dreamer stuff and all these things were going on. And so, you know, we ended up with tons of teenage unaccompanied minors showing up at the border. And and, and it was a crisis, absolutely. But it's a crisis that can be solved with your messaging as an administration because, you know, people... People see what you're saying and the, the, the you know, message that you're putting out there to the world about what your immigration policy is and whether or not you think people should be crossing into the country through Mexico without going through the proper immigration channels, um, you know, and, and people take that message and they take it literally. And then you end up with a problem on your hands like Obama did in 2014 or like Joe Biden is having this problem now. I predict that, you know, that we're that this is just the beginning of the disaster yes, and that's I about to, to see, happen I would like to see and take good measure of those folks mm-hmm. who cared so much about kids. This isn't about politics. This is about children. I'd like to see how they're acting. Um, you know, I'd like to see how they um, virtue, um, you know, show their virtue on this particular issue. Yeah, where is in, AOC? Is she going to go cry? Well, not, I, I'm talking trailers? about people on uh, the the extremely noble Facebook and social media posts and oh, like just people talking you know. points and. And in uh, all the late night comedians, I'll take them too mm-hmm. as well. Saying, Do you don't remember kids in cage? Don't you remember? Well, there you go. So let's see. Let's see exactly just how good a person you are. I know you had the avatar and the lawn sign, but um, let's see. Do you? Or do they dare? Do they dare? Mm-hmm. Well, if you criticize Biden at all, then essentially that's crediting Trump. So we'll see. But these people are small. A lot of them are psychotic. So mm-hmm. that brings us to Matt Lee. 
What's what is Matt Lee's um AP? Who's then who's Ned Price? He's the spokesperson at the State Department. Okay. Matt Lee is the guy who's been there forever. He's the guy who mm-hmm. used to actually absolutely brutalize yeah. Jen Psaki. Um, okay, the spokesperson at the State Department set up this clip, Alice, because I'm not sure specifically. Yeah, so they're talking about Russia policy and about like Russia's energy projects that they want to do. And the State Department has been working with these countries in Europe to, you know, put together a policy to oppose this Russia project or whatever. So, um, but the the spokesman, the Ned Price is, you know, saying like how wonderful it is that we've, um, you know, put together this thing with these different countries to, um, you know check Putin a little bit. Our strategy, including the legislative strategy, the strategy that, of course, Congress um, is um, uh, has been behind, um, has been working to good effect. So we'll continue to work closely with Germany. We'll continue to work closely uh, with our other allies and partners uh, in Europe to uphold Europe's own stated uh, energy security goals. So is the, it's, it's a bit disingenuous to claim credit for the 18 companies winding down. All of this work was done under the previous administration. Matt, you I'm guys not, have only been in month for, Matt, I mean, only been in office for a month, I, right? Are you telling me that in the last Matt, four am, weeks, these 18 companies all of a sudden decided to say, oh my God, we better not do Matt, anything. With I, am, I am speaking for the United States. You guys are taking credit for stuff that the Matt, previous administration Matt, did. Right? I, I, I am not. No? I am yes speaking no? for the Department of State. <laughs> okay. The all people right. who have been working this, okay. the people who are working this now, were the same people a month ago, were the same people three months ago. Three four months, months ago. ago. So okay. I. All right. Matt Lee, man, what a badass he is. That is not only reporting, but that's also a bully and it that is good. Yeah. To to treat the uh to treat a flack like that. That is good. And it's probably actually good for Ned Pride, Price. the flack who oh Price, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. The uh, who capitulated. It's good that he right. did. Right. Yeah. Eventually. Uh, I mean, and I think he's saying like, well, I'm the spokesman for the State Department. We're not the Biden administration, but it, it he's a Biden administration State Department spokesperson. You know, he's new. So that's um, you know, and there's you know, he be, is the Biden administration. There's gonna be he a is. new Secretary of State and all those things that go with the new policies. So when you're up there and you're telling the press, like, look what we did, you know, and you have to be pressed with uh very specific questions to get at the fact that this is something that's been going on for months, including under the Trump administration, and that essentially Trump was doing all the same things that everybody said he ought to be doing towards Russia. It's just interesting. But. Alice Shattuck, what is your middle name? Okay. What is your social security number? No. <laughs> Cyril. Can I just want to take a picture. I'll, I'll post that because he looks... He's been turning the volume up on the iPhone every time mommy turns it down because... because <laughs> he There he goes. He's turning it up right now. Yeah, don't say it out loud. Then he knows to so, do it again. So... Um, he understands English. Um, what is the um, the Amazon story... In the Slate story, there is a Slate story. There's been another cancellation. Another scalp has been gotten. Oh, yeah. This um, is fascinating. For a guy who's been a long time big progressive. So um, this is, uh, yeah, this is a sort of um, ancillary cancellation to the um, John McNeil cancellation at the New York Times that we've talked about previously. So... Um, Slate is this like liberal magazine. They have podcasts, including one that has a host called Mike Pesca. Um, he's a, you know, a liberal. Can we at least compromise on the volume here? How about that? 
Pescott is a big liberal. He's a big liberal. Um, but he's a big liberal that uh, thinks John McNeil maybe shouldn't have been fired. That there's maybe some gray area there. Because John McNeil, when he was on a work trip with some uh, younger colleagues, uh, he you know had a discussion where he was talking about whether or not it's ever appropriate for white people to ever use the N-word. And during the course of the discussion, he said the word, you know, you know, conversationally. He didn't, like, call someone it, you know. Um, but in this conversation about, like, is it ever okay for white people to say this? Right. And so Mike Pesca essentially Having said, an analytical conversation, mm-hmm. the X's and O's of when to use the word, or if you would, in this context, and this and this. Right. So a couple years ago, Mike Pesca had a similar problem in which he had um, used the word in a context like that. He was on his podcast with a black co-host and he said, you know, something about how if like if if there was ever a circumstance in which white people could say this and the black colleague complained, HR handled it. They made him re-record the segment of the podcast without the word in it and, you know, disciplined him in whatever way at that time. So anyway, with the Don McNeil thing, it came up in their company Slack chat at Slate, which all the interesting things seem to happen in media company Slack chat. Let me tell you something. Uh, I won't comment on my own company, but Mm -hmm. I can tell you. My friend Al's company, <laughs> Slack, is a battleground between apartment the departments. It is a tough place. <laughs> so uh, apparently the Slate one is too, because he essentially was saying on the Slate Slack chat, you know, this was a gray area. This was known about by the Times at the time. They disciplined him whatever way at the time for it to come back to haunt him a few years later and Nicole Hannah-Jones to get involved and get him fired because there was this problem on a work trip a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And he said the word in a conversation is if white people could ever say it. You know, that's not necessarily it's maybe for some kind of discipline, but not like a fireable offense in his view. We have no other verboten English word. Yeah, where you can't there's even no, talk about how it's verboten. There's subject matter you can't talk about it. But this is like, you can't say the name Voldemort or whatever. Right. This is forbidden. <laughs> An instant curse will befall you. You can't say this word. When analyzing words, Right. you can't. I mean, so, I'm not talking about punitively or, or the slang. It must not be, you must not, cannot be mentioned in any sense. We all must pretend that the word does not exist. Mm-hmm. And in the meantime... Um, the the whole thing with him like from a year ago or whatever from him like using it in a podcast so after this happened slate came out with a big sensitive language policy that says essentially you can never do this but there's another slate podcast called slow burn um, that was hosted by Joel Anderson, who's a black reporter, and it was about Biggie and Tupac, and they used the N-word on that podcast, but those people didn't get canceled. But Mike Pesca, you know, had to re-record his segment and everything. So anyway, now this year, after the Don McNeil thing, he's talking about this on the company chat and saying, like, I don't think this firing was necessarily appropriate. And he's now fired. That's all it took. That's all so it took. He they, didn't say the word in the company Slack chat, Right, but by he's the way. on the wrong side of an issue that they feel strongly about. Right. And so they they unsurf or resurface this mm-hmm. old you know controversy and use it to fatally roast him and he's he's done. He's done. For commenting that maybe somebody else using the word in a way that they at the time believed wasn't offensive 
that that firing maybe was more of a gray area than an immediate fire of right. offense. For saying that, okay. he's fired. So now I assume we'll be canceled and removed from the internet for talking about the story about the guy who was fired for talking about the story of the guy who right. was fired. And then, for the and then if somebody talks about us... <laughs> then they're fired, too. Right. So, I mean, like, yeah, so how many happened, layers deep then, does it go? So I think there's some good quotes in the Slate article from um, colleagues. Did you see any of those? Um, yeah, so, like, one Slate staffer said that Mike Pesca's, uh, you know... Mike Pesca is the only one causing these kinds of conflicts. We have other staffers who hold opinions that are unpopular, but they're not provoking their colleagues in a harassment worthy way. Provoking their colleagues, God. Um, Saying something that's uh, you know that's got some intellectual uh, heft, um, mm -hmm. and with the respect to be to use honesty in discourse is a provocation now. Right. Here's another staffer. I feel outraged, an anonymous late staffer said to, this is Defector on uh, website, Defector.com, that this article is on. I cannot believe I had to watch him enthusiastically provoke people on whether or not it is appropriate to use a racist slur. Other slate staffers expressed frustration and anger. I don't want to be in a workplace where people feel emboldened to have this argument. People's humanity is not an intellectual debate. <laughs> so yeah, it's Can about you, their humanity. What specific college course is it that you learn about your humanity mm -hmm. and how injured the world could be, injurious the world could be for you at every turn in any subtle way? Even somebody's speech, even speech that should be inoffensive because it's purely analytical, clinical speech. Mm -hmm. What subject is that, Alice? You're a more colleged person than I am. What, what is there? What subject is that? It's usually like the grievance studies areas. Oh. Gender studies, the, uh, race, racial studies, African studies, those types of okay. courses. Because it's all about, you know, it's all about privilege and um, these sort of yes. nebulous microaggression kind of topics. But um, I love the word nebulous. I intend to but, use it more. Yeah, I Yesterday I learned a word, a you know. Mm -hmm. Do you know what it was? Inert. Correct. Inert. Sally, do you know what inert means? We discussed it yesterday. It's the pickle jars are are glass because they're inert. Well, they the glass can't. Well, kind of, mommy. I I told mommy what it's it meant. It's inactive. Yesterday. Right. Means things that are inert are chemically inactive, or like things that have inertia are physically inactive. Okay. They're Bring just us to uh, Amazon. Wait, I'm not okay. quite entirely oh, done with Mike Pesca. I apologize. I thought you were inert there for a second. I thought that uh... I was not entirely inert yet. <laughs> I was not. Um, but it's funny because um, then on Twitter, a short time after this whole Mike Pesca debacle broke, um, uh, do you, are you familiar with Thomas Chatterton Williams? I mean, yeah, He's a man. black yes, writer who lives in France. Yes. And so he He's got into good. an argument with... Uh, Kirsten Powers about this issue right. in which she was saying that um, that you know it's right for Mike Pesca to be fired colleague Joe Anderson, Joel Anderson had said for black employees it's a small ask not to hear that particular slur and have debate about whether it's okay for white employees to use that particular slur now then, before you go any further mm -hmm. I want the audience I want you guys listening right now to get ready for the perhaps the most beautiful piece of is it irony Alice? Mm -hmm. Poetic irony, one of the most stunning, stunning displays. 
Me? Why am I speaking loudly? Because that's what I do. I, that's all I have, Sally. Well, I'm resonating with me. So you're about to hear. This is a palate cleanse. Mm -hmm. Empty your minds. Get ready for how beautiful this is. Right. So Thomas Chatterson Williams now, who is black, a black writer, says Joel Anderson, the person who works at Slate, who's upset about Mike Pesca. Joel Anderson has used that term in reference to me on this website. And Karsten Power says, what's your point? Does that mean white people should be saying it? And Thomas Chatterton Williams says, I think that a white person mentioning it not derogatorily is not as bad as a black person using it derogatorily. And Kirsten Powers says, "Okay, not sure what you why you are trying to say, change the subject. Feels like what is about what aboutism, which I don't entertain. My tweet was about white people who argue with black people about when it's okay to use the n word. How beautiful is that?" says the white person arguing with the black person Correct. about when it's okay to use the n word. How beautiful is that? <laughs> How beautiful is that? Ah. Uh. Yeah, that was just a, an absolute masterpiece. It's kind of like when the uh, white privileged Antifa kids yell at the black cops about white supremacy. <laughs> it, does, it doesn't. It somehow loses some of its yes. um, power to hurt when yes. when it's a white person hurling the white supremacy charge at a black person. Um, but that's. Um, you know. oh, okay. Oh, yes, but, we've got. Um, I'm yeah, sorry. I was going to say you're, you're missing Randy Weingarten. Oh, yeah. Randy Weingarten. Oh, yes, that's that's. Thank you, Alice. That's very helpful. This is when Randy Weingarten with Dan Primack of uh, Axios early mm -hmm. today, and this is also just too beautiful to be true. Is there a point, and maybe you think we've already passed it? Is there a point in which kids have been out of physical in-person school for so long that the education that they've lost isn't really recoverable? That that the third grade, the fourth grade, the kindergarten they lost. You can, they can take extra semesters in the summer, they can do, but it can't really be fixed. No, I don't believe that. I believe that kids are resilient and kids will recover, but we as adults have to meet their needs, their emotional needs, their social needs, their learning needs. Can you believe it? Yeah. Can you believe it? Kids are resilient. The, the, the kids who we're told by Randy Weingarten and all these union mm -hmm. folks every year absolutely need teachers because they're our precious, most precious natural resource. Mm -hmm. And they need the, uh, you know, the, the uh, empathy and emotional support and the education that only these uh, teachers Highly trained professionals. Exactly. Uh, no, no, no. They're resilient. Some of them aren't resilient. And we're hearing the stories mm -hmm. about the ones who aren't resilient more and more. Yeah, and what some a, actually, what a uh, just a vile thing to some say. Some actually, potentially millions, nobody has actually done real math on the estimates for this yet, um, have just fallen out of the education system, haven't shown up for yeah. virtual classes, schools don't know where they are, what they're doing, and... You know what? Like, they're resilient, Alice. They're resilient. They'll be, They'll fine. be fine. You know, we need to, you know, you need to let us, by passing this bill, let us uh, show them a little bit of compassion and love and they'll be fine. You know who else very loving lefties are sure is going to be fine is uh, Tiger Woods, who oh, unfortunately yeah. was in uh, what seems like a really bad car accident today yes. and um, is in surgery and apparently had very severe injuries to his legs and probably is very unlikely to play golf again ever. Um, but, Jesus, Alice. Well, I mean, this is what I'm what reading you, Dr. Jill in Biden magazines. Suddenly? This is what know. I'm reading online that it's 
pretty it looks bad i mean he was already possibly not going to play golf again because he had back problems but um you know this it what i'm hearing about it doesn't sound great so but um yeah but lefties on the internet have decided that it all is fair because um he apparently accepted a medal from trump and was you know friendly with trump so that's that's fine he deserved it uh one twitter user wrote the universe smites tiger for accepting that medal from trump Another says, Tiger Woods' career over. Well, he did support Trump, so... Uh, Stop caring about Tiger when he started golfing with Trump. Uh, <laughs> even, um, you know, some blue check people got in on the action. Philip Bump of the Washington Post, he's a national correspondent in the Washington Post, tweeted... Um, he retweeted the story about Tiger Woods involved in car crash and says, yeah, we know, crash pulling out of his driveway or something. You know, in reference to his previous uh, right. escapades. But... <sighs> It's really, um, you know, not the, not the moment. Like there's oh, they're vile people. There's it's plenty a, of celebrities that yeah. I disagree with politically. I mean, as a conservative, almost all celebrities disagree with you politically, so we're used to it. But I like, I've, I just I can't imagine when somebody is injured or suffers some devastating loss or passes away or whatever, like behaving the way that these people do. It's so bizarre to me that that's your first instinct is to go for that, but. <sighs> I don't know. Um, do you have, before we go, do you have the um, Amazon? No. Um, I don't know about the Amazon story. You're going to have to tell me about No, that. not Amazon. It's, oh, yeah, it is. It's um, a guy wrote a snarky book about trans. Oh, that, that, that. Yes, I do know what you're talking about. This is Ryan T. Anderson's book. Um, it's been out a few years, actually. It's called When Harry Became Sally. Um, and... It's about, um, you know, these like transgender issues uh, and all this stuff. But it's been out a few years. It's been available. Amazon, Apple Books, all these places. And um, and um, and uh, Amazon now has decided that it's uh, it's too dangerous to exist. And um, and so they've removed it from their uh, website. So you can no okay. longer buy it on Amazon. So I was, and not only that, yeah. but uh, there was some confusion. Apple might have removed it briefly and then put it back. But when people were tweeting pictures of like screenshots of it having been taken down from Amazon or from Apple, Twitter was censoring the pictures as sensitive content. The cover, the picture of the cover of the book, really from the screenshot on Amazon. So, um, that's, uh, I mean, honestly, it's probably going to only do good things for his book sales which oh, likely definitely. had flagged a couple right now, years Alice, on right now and I don't believe that you want to but right now if you are willing to get pay 10 for the Kindle version 22.49 for an Amazon Prime version of the paperback or 40 bucks 39 bucks and 1 cent mm-hmm. on Prime um, on Amazon you can buy uh, Mein Kampf right now it is available for you but that book on uh, transgender whatever is uh is not available nope gone so uh that is how the world is i was listening to the commentary podcast today and noah rothman who i'd like to get on was talking about he thinks that this stuff is going to be reversed it's going to be a big blowback uh cultural blowback against this stuff um and i don't see that i've seen no reason to believe that's happened i think the cultural blowback may have been trump or aspects of trumpism uh but i don't see it ending Comma, Alice. 
<laughs> I think you should continue your thought because I was not ready for that. I don't see it ending. Oh, so we're, we're not listening? I was not listening. No, okay. so I don't That's know a- what you said. Okay. <laughs> Let's take it up tomorrow. Can we get downstairs? I don't know what you don't see ending. <laughs> oh, we'll finish that thought tomorrow. I'm going to give you 24 hours, Alice, and tomorrow you better have a, an answer ready. Thanks, everybody, by the way, for listening. Our listenership is increasing, and we appreciate it, and you checking in. Let us know if there's more stuff that you want to hear or you don't want to hear. Um, you know, my feeling is is that we're just trying to figure all this crap out every day with you. And um, you know, doing our best, uh, our best to try to identify what exactly is going on in this world because these are extraordinary times, and now we're in the most extraordinary t- times of the extraordinary times. So, um, thanks, we, thanks for all the support. We really appreciate it. Uh, yes, thanks again. We love all our listeners. We have the best listeners ever, uh, and you can find us if you are a listener on Twitter at Burma. By the way, Pond. Alice, you know mm-hmm. what? We need to. Um, we got some great recommendations for what to call the fans. Oh, right. That's true. And, you know. <laughs> we need to address this tomorrow. I mean, as wrong as Shatheads <laughs> feels. Uh, and, we have at uh, least two people recommended part that of, Yes. Part of me wonders if I'm being deeply <laughs> insulted. But you're just, okay with it. The, yes. It's something very tempting about it. But also, there was what? The burn barrelers or burners or barrelers as well? I don't. Uh, I hate yeah. to put you on the spot, but you should go through this tomorrow. Burnouts okay. was another Burnouts. popular recommendation. <laughs> I, we got there's some awesome ones. You know what? Let's make a housekeeping thing. So the, tomorrow we'll get a, a bunch of emails and submissions like this. And there's mm-hmm. been some funny. You guys are funny bastards. You got to say that on Twitter, guys and girls. Uh, is there a girl word for bastard? Well, girls can be bastards. I guess so. I, I think so, right? Mm-hmm, I so, well, why would I say guy? Well, you oh, you all are funny bastards. How about that? Okay. Is that better? Okay, here you go. Um, so, yeah, to see more of our Twitter interactions, that's Burn Barrel Pod on Twitter. We're also on Facebook.com slash Burn Barrel Podcast. We are on YouTube. Tom Shaddock's Burn Barrel is the channel there where you can subscribe and watch video editions of the podcast. Uh, you can also send us an email with your suggestions, burnbarrelpodcast at gmail.com. I'll be with Gerald... Hibernius Atkinson. Callahan. Oh, sorry, yeah. Callahan. (laughs) Tomorrow morning. All right. God, my hair looks like total sh. Five, four, three, two, one. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.